one time. Break it down two times. Hey, listen up. Why should I worry? Why should I care? Cause nobody loves me, no. Like you love me. Why should I worry? No. Why should I care? Every second thought about tomorrow's wasting time. In the stars, finding my phone in the dark, putting my life on restart. So many places to go, asking what's best. I don't know. These hours are hour you make, so I know it's gonna be strange. One more day, I believe, I believe, I believe that it's gonna be all okay with you. Tell me what's next, or just how much time I got left. Hourglass half full of sand, but I know it's all in your hands. There is no me, only us. Yeah. It's only in you I would trust. Yeah. Goodbye to fear and doubt. Hello to your love reaching out. Oh, like one more day, wanna show, wanna show, wanna show that I'm gonna go all the way with you.
morning, Journey Church. Welcome. Please join me, stand in worship. We'd also like to welcome everyone online. Let's sing together. We worship the God who was. We worship the God who is. We worship the God who evermore will be. He opened the prison doors. He parted the raging sea. My God, He holds the victory. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We'll shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. We won't be quiet. We'll shout out your praise. to the God who heals. We sing to the God who saves. We sing to the God who always makes a way. Cause he hung up on that cross, then he rose up from that grave. My God still rolling stones away. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. We won't be quiet. We'll shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. We won't be quiet. We'll shout out your praise. Yes, we shout out your praise. Because we were the beggars. Now we're royalty. We were the prisoners. Now we're running free. And we are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. Because we were the beggars. Now we're royalty. We were the prisoners. sound amazing. Good morning, Journey Church. One, two, three, four. Oh. 
water I won't go under, I won't drown And when I'm in over my head I know that you won't let me down And when I'm broken And down to nothing I know that you are always up to something good I know that you are always up to something good And you'll make a way, whatever it takes There's nothing your love won't endure I know that you are always up to something good valley you go before me you are here for I know you'll never leave me your love surrounds me I won't fear and when I'm broken and down to nothing I know that you are always up to something good I know that you are always up to something good And you'll make a way, whatever it takes There's nothing your love won't endure I know that you are always up to something good darkest night you are on my side you were always faithful through my fear and doubt you will lead me out you are always able through the darkest night you are on my side you were always faithful through my fear and doubt you will lead me morning you all sound so beautiful you know God is here in every moment of our lives he doesn't get tired he doesn't need a vacation doesn't need a lunch break doesn't even need a five-minute break not even one second from loving us unconditionally he can always do it God can be called upon at every and all moments of the day 
because he wants us to reach to him anytime and all the time. He is all around. So on this next song, I want you to reflect on this with me as we sing together right now.
Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop. Let's sing that louder. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop. Waymaker. Promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You are way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. 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 Let's just hear the voices now. Who you are. That is who you are. That is who you are. That is who you are. One more time. That is who you are. That is who you are. That is who you are. Father's 
blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, come to the altar, the Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was brought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. so grateful that you would sacrifice your one and only son to forgive us of all of our sins. Thank you for allowing us to come to you as we are and for the peace you provide even in our most difficult moments. God, may your kindness and mercy shine through us as we go about our lives today and forever so that everyone around us may understand the power of your love. 
God, we thank you for powerful worship this morning. And we're grateful for Pastor Dwayne and the impactful message that you put on his heart today. In your name we pray. Amen. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to church. I am Captain Rebecca, and I wanted to take a moment to humbly brag about how awesome our kids are. Last week, we celebrated them raising $300 for Smock by mm, pelting Pastor Ricardo with a bunch of water balloons. We had a great time. They laughed. Pastor Ricardo laughed, cried a little bit. Um, but we had a super fun time celebrating that accomplishment of their awesome giving, of their generosity in raising $300 for Smock. We also had a great time eating some burgers on the patio. And it was just a great way to kick off our summer event. Now our next summer event coming up will be July 31st. So that day we'll be doing child dedications and right afterwards we will be celebrating with the families with another food event. Now get ready, we're bringing back our second annual salsa competition. Last year we had some delicious salsas to test out and so I want to encourage you to think up your favorite recipe and make it and bring it on Sunday, July 31st. Now don't forget, the winner gets bragging rights and a nice little salsa competition spoon champion. I'm the winner, I'm awesome. Let me show everybody my spoon. So <laughs> make sure that you're here that day to participate and have a great time with us again. Now on that same weekend, Saturday, July 30th, we will be partnering with Black Sheep so that they can throw their second annual fundraiser supporting Teen Challenge. This is a ministry that we are excited to partner with. And not only will you get to see all our awesome Black Sheep guys, but Leanna will be singing and Pastor Carter will have something to say. So we would love to have you join us out in our parking lot to support Teen Challenge. For more information, we have these cards available in the lobby. You can also go to the My Journey desk and we'll have them right there for you. Go ahead, go pick one up, and we look forward to seeing you that day, July 30th. As we get ready to pray for our tithes and generosity, I just want to mention that it's been really cool to watch all of you guys be obedient to God's calling to give and meet the needs of His ministry. So let's go ahead and pray. Lord, thank you so much for all that you're doing and the ways that you provide. It's so fun to watch you just provide for us week in and week out. We love you so much, Lord. We're so grateful for the hearts of this church and their giving, loving, generous hearts that just continue to provide for the needs of your ministry. We love you. We thank you for everyone here. We ask that you pour your blessings out onto them. In Jesus' name, amen. Hello. Hi, everybody. Uh, my name's uh, Eric Roberts. I'm uh, the Ventura Black Sheep uh, president uh, for our motorcycle ministry. And um, so I'm here to plug uh, this teen challenge. Um, it's very, uh, very dear to my heart, uh, the teen challenge ministries. Um, there's a woman's facility uh, right up the 33 
uh, and it, it can house up to 60 to 70 women. Uh, and it's the second phase, the last phase of the uh, program. <clears throat> so, and it's free, you know. So any type of uh, donation, a penny or above, helps um, this ministry. In Southern California, there's 550 beds uh, in, um, from San Diego to Bakersfield, Ventura, uh, L.A. And um, so I'm, I'm a Teen Challenge graduate. Um, 14 years ago, yeah. So, so that's what I, I received my healing there, um, and they didn't charge me a penny. I was there for two years and two months. So, you know, changed lives leave there. There's a special anointing up there. Me and a few of the ladies were up there Thursday, and you go onto this property, and it's just like peace. You know, the atmosphere there is amazing. So any donation to this program, you know, I want to sow my money into ministries where God's hands upon, you know. Also, I like to go where people, where the peace of man's afraid to go too, to do ministry. But that's a whole different thing. So, <laughs> right? So that's part of Black Sheep is, is we, we, we minister to the motorcycle community, the streets, recovery, hog members. It's very well-rounded. So if you guys know, uh, are interested in black sheep, and if you're a rider and you love Jesus, uh, our flyers are out there too on a side note. So I had to plug us. So. But back to Teen Challenge, July 30th. Uh, last year we had about 125 riders. And we rode back, last year we rode from Simi Valley Harley to here. And uh, it was a blessing. We raised $15,000. Last year. So my goal, you know, whatever the Lord's will is, but I want to raise more than that. So if you feel it on your heart to sow into Teen Challenge in Ventura, contact me or you can contact them, you know. But uh, please be a part of that day. We're going to have raffle tickets. We're going to have great worship with Leanne. Uh, Pastor Ricardo is going to give a nugget. Um, the women are going to come down from there. There will be about 35 students up there. They're going to do a choir and testimonies. Okay, so please save the date. Um, and I think that's all I got. So God bless you. Thank you so much. That's fantastic. Well, 100% amen to that. I, uh, have first-hand experience with Teen Challenge in Washington, where I came from originally with my brother-in-law, who uh, went there for recovery as well. So there's, I can just say, if you can be part of that, definitely want to be there. So amazing. Um, good morning, everybody. How are you today? Good. I'm so glad to be back together with you today. Today is a great day. Today is July 17th. Do you know why I like this day? Because on this day in 1955, my favorite place on earth opened up. It's Disneyland's birthday, which is why I'm wearing my, my Mickey Mouse shoes today. Um, but here's the deal. I would rather be with you today to talk about what God has for us as we round out this series, Armed and Dangerous, than even be in my happiest place on earth. My wife gets to be there. That's where she gets to work today. So she's going to represent our family uh, there today. But today I'm with you to bring to a conclusion this amazing series about the full armor of God. Um, but I don't know if you've noticed something, but there's somebody who's not here today. Have you noticed someone's not here? Yeah, Pastor Ricardo's not here, which means we get to have some fun, <laughs> right? We're going to try to get away with a few things, maybe. 
because he's currently preaching um, at the church that we both worked at together in Washington. So he can't text me and say, hey, you can't say that, or you shouldn't be doing that. I'm not, Pastor Carter, when you watch this later, trust me, I'm not going to do anything I shouldn't do. I don't think so, but I never know. Sometimes I just start saying things, and so then I get in trouble for that. That's happened since I was a child. Um, but I'm so, <laughs> I'm so honored that Pastor Ricardo asked me to end this series, to close out this series with you guys, because um, it's, it's amazing when you think about what this book means, what this story means, everything we've talked about so far. And um, I just think it's awesome that we get to reflect and, and learn and grow to understand uh, this passage together, what we've learned over the last several weeks. When I spoke last, it was about the shield of faith. Um, we've heard about the sword of the spirit, the helmet of salvation, the uh, shoes of the gospel of peace, and even the belt of truth. We are fully equipped now, right? Do you feel equipped? Feel prepared? Good. Uh, Especially after last week when we learned that prayer is the final weapon, right? The unsung hero of the armor because we are to use it all the time. Uh, we, We may not always need the sword, We may not always need the shield, but we always need prayer. And and I don't mean we just need someone always praying for us, although that's pretty sweet. Uh, My grandparents, when they were alive, uh, they would pray for their grandkids every morning when they would have their coffee together. Um, I would be, from when I was a little kid, uh, and we lived with them for a little while because my parents were becoming missionaries, so we stayed with my grandparents. And I would remember walking into where they were in their living room, and I'd walk in, and my grandpa would say, you need to leave because we're praying for you right now. And I thought, what did I do wrong? <laughs> like, oh, oh, God, help Dwayne. Help him, please, Jesus. There, no, it wasn't that bad. But they would even call me uh, when I was in college. We, uh, they, they traveled uh, a lot, and, and I would set up times to speak to them uh, because... I'm old enough that when I was in college, we didn't have cell phones and text messaging or even uh, email. So we would have to like coordinate when they would call. And they'd be like in Pennsylvania somewhere. And they would say, okay, we're going to call you on Thursday at 8.15 a.m. But they didn't tell me they were going to call me at 8.15 Pennsylvania time. And so here I am on a Friday morning in college where I specifically took no morning classes so I could sleep in. And my grandparents would call me at 5.15 in the morning and the phone would ring and I'd wake up, hello? Like, we're praying for you right now. I'm like, I'm praying for you right now because right now I'm not very happy. But I love you guys. But they always pray for me. That's so sweet. But that's not really kind of what we're talking about. This idea of being, uh, this idea of praying always, it always doesn't mean that. Um, I am thankful they prayed for that because if they hadn't, I guarantee you my life would have gone in so many worse directions, right? How many of you know that someone has been praying for you or you've known someone has prayed for you and it's changed the course of your life, right? It's, it's true. We, uh, prayer is an amazing, amazing tool. Um, and that's why, uh, that's why Paul says it's not just us praying for someone, have, uh, having someone pray for us. Paul says it's our job to do what? To pray for others, as we heard last week, praying in the Spirit on all occasions is one of the weapons that we've been given as Christians. With that in mind, um, I'd like to just pray for a moment, okay? Uh, both for the, the word of the Lord today would be good, and also I want to pray for whatever Pastor Ricardo is sharing with, his, uh, with our friends back in Washington. Do you mind praying with me real quick? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for these friends. I thank you for this church. 
I thank you for their willingness to go the, to, to the distance for kids. I love the fact that we've got people writing for Teen Challenge. God, we've got a church that wants to make a difference. And I thank you so much for a journey. I thank you for their impact in the city of Ventura. And I pray that you will bless what happens in this building today. But God, I also pray for Pastor Ricardo as he is preaching at New Life in Renton today. I pray that you will anoint his words. I pray that they will welcome him back with open arms. They will hug him and love him and listen to the word that you've given him to preach to them today. But God, most of all, we just want to be open. What do you have to say to us today? What can we learn from your word today? And God, may we learn it. May we go out and then live it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Awesome. So today we are closing out the book of Ephesians. Boom. We did it. We're wrapping up this idea of armor and being, uh, and being uh, equipped as Christians. And after so many weeks, this is the ninth week of this series. Does it feel like nine weeks have gone by that fast? But it has. So the question I have for you, how do you feel like super equipped to go out and do battle right now? Are you ready to, to gird up, rise up, and fight against the powers of darkness? Okay, that's about the expectation I had, you know. Like I got one amen out there and everyone's like, <laughs> powers of darkness, sure, okay. I mean, Today, we, uh, we look at that like that's the truth, right? We read the words, we study them together, and at the end of the day, are we really ready to go out and put it into practice? It's not easy to answer because we know we are supposed to be prepared, as the song from The Lion King says, right? Be prepared. Of course, the bad guy sings that, but it's still a good thing for us to learn from. We want to be prepared. We want to be able to go out, yeah, God, I'm ready. You've equipped me, you've given this to me, but sometimes we are more... Um, Less like, I'm going to go do this. We become more like people who watch sports on TV. I am not a person who watches sports on TV. Um, I will sometimes watch the Super Bowl because they have really good commercials. Uh, sometimes I may, I may catch a big game from a team from my hometown, which means for me still, uh, the Mariners when they play baseball. And yes, even sometimes the Seahawks, much to Pastor Ricardo's appreciation, right? They used to be good. I don't know. Uh, but some people are sports on TV people. You may be a sports on TV person. Uh, they watch every, they watch as many games as they possibly can. They know all the players. They know the coaches even better. They know all the rules and how to play the game. And how do you know this? Because if you watch a game with a true sports on TV person, they will tell you all the things that the players and the coaches should be doing right then. They will yell at the TV. You need to pass next time. You should never have tried to catch that ball. Oh my gosh, can you believe what an idiot this guy is? If I was there, I would totally do the Sports on TV people are fully equipped with everything they need to be the best player and coach of all time. They are ready. But if you are your average sports on TV person and we put you in the game, what happens? Probably what you'd expect to happen if you plop me down on the 30-yard line of a professional football field and said, hey, Pastor Dwayne, go get a touchdown. You've heard of sudden death, right? <laughs> this is what this refers to. I, I would be dead. These football players come in at me, I'm like, I know I'm not equipped. Ah! My brain knows what I'm supposed to do, but I have no ability to do it. You see, we can't just know what we're supposed to do. We can't just be fully equipped with, with information and knowledge. We have to put it into practice. Or as the Apostle James wrote, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. He goes on to say, a person who does this is like someone who goes and looks at themselves in the mirror and then forgets what their face looks like. How foolish is that? 
We can't just acknowledge that the armor of God, okay, it exists, and then we file it away for future use. We're supposed to actively use it every single day. I mean, honestly, who, who doesn't need truth in their lives every day? I know I do. Who doesn't need more peace in their home and in their world? Oh, sign me up for that. I like peace. That's good, right? Even the smallest parts of the armor have a place in our everyday lives. You know, the belt, the shoes, they aren't that cool. But without a belt, your pants fall down. Ask me how I know. Yeah, I've been there a few times. You can't have the armor up on a shelf in your living room where everyone can look at it and admire it. It's not there for the show. It's not part of your collection of Christian stuff, right? Got, I've got my study Bible. I've got my latest book that I got at the Christian bookstore. I've got my, uh, my, in, my Facebook page that I read a devotion on. I've got my daily bread. I've got, I go to the Journey Facebook page and click a like on something because Pastor Dwayne preached and he's so awesome. I like his sermons a lot. And then, oh, here's my collection of armor, the full armor of God. See, there it is. Imagine someone, you walk, someone walks into your house and you're sitting in your armchair, nice and easy, and you're like, hey, there it is. That's my armor display. Do you like that? It's pretty sweet. Yeah, I got it when I started following Jesus. It's pretty cool. He like, gives this to you. It's pretty awesome. I really like it up there. Um, I take it down every once in a while to clean it, but I just like to put it up there because it's so pretty. I mean, look at how much that shines. Look how gorgeous it is. Look at, you can actually see the light glinting off the metal. If your armor is that pretty, then you're not using your armor. If you ever look at a, a hardened soldier, even today's soldiers, when they're covered in all this body armor, at the end of the battle, they don't, go, they don't walk out looking pretty like they do on Memorial Day when they're walking around in their full dress whites, do they? They look battle beaten. The armor has holes in it. It's dirty. It's filthy. Why? Because they're using it. If your armor is just on display and looking pretty, then you've missed the point of the armor. Because this is real armor. It's heavy. It comes with a lot of weight and responsibility. And you can't leave it on the shelf 364 days a year and then, and then hit a tough day when the enemy seems to really be coming after you. You haven't used it. Your muscles aren't used to the weight. You haven't practiced. You try and put on the helmet. You try to wield the sword and lift that shield. And suddenly you find out that you can barely lift anything. You leap out of your easy chair to battle the enemy. When this crisis comes and you realize, huh, I have no idea how to use this thing. This shield feels really... What just happened? Oh, yeah, I, I'm so busy trying to figure out how to use the, the weapons that God gave me that the enemy is now beating me up. This is why Paul says, Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then, after the battle, you will still be standing firm. He doesn't say, after the battle, you'll be sitting pretty. <laughs> he doesn't say, after the battle, you're going to look so nice. You're going to look so handsome, right? He doesn't say that. He's like, you still be standing firm. He says this because he wants us to be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. This isn't a to-do list for being a good Christian or a moral person or even so we make wise choices every day. This is a literal gift for us so we will not put our trust and reliance on ourselves in our own abilities. It's, it's ours to use daily so that we can be truly strong in the Lord. Not str you do not want to be strong in Dwayne. Look at these arms, friends. 
yeah, I can lift some stuff, and yeah, I've lost some weight since, since working on the house. And all that. But you know what? You do not want to be strong and Dwayne. I mess up. I sometimes tell little white lies to try to protect myself and then realize, crap, I shouldn't have lied. Because my wife always knows. <laughs> Word of advice, they always know. Amen. Right? Every, every wife in here is like, yes, we do. <laughs> That's the truest thing you've ever said, Pastor Dwayne. <laughs> but you don't want to be strong in me and I don't want to be strong in you. As amazing as some of you are and some of you look very tough, when push comes to shove, I want to be strong in him, not strong in other people. I want to be strong in that. And it's in his mighty power that we get that strength. Mighty power, not, eh, my God is so big, so strong and so mighty, right? There's nothing my God cannot do. Mighty. That's big, cool stuff. We accomplish all of these things, not through anything that we can do. We have to acknowledge that God is not on me. I can't do it. I am weak. I fail. I mess up. And in spite of wanting to be a good Christian man and a good Christian father and a good Christian husband, I make mistakes every single day. Do not put me on a pedestal. Even though I'm standing on a stage, I should be down on the depths going, I am not a great person, but God still loves me and he has empowered me to then be who he has called and created me to be. It's not because of me. It's because of him. So how do we do this? How can you and I do this? Well, it's through this armor we've been talking about. Truth, righteousness, the peace of the good news of the gospel, our faith, salvation, God's word, and prayer. How many is that? Let's count it together. One, two, three, four, five, six. Good job. You guys know your numbers. I'm so proud of you. Smartest congregation ever right here. Seven incredible weapons given to us the day that we made our Savior, Jesus Christ. The minute we said, I'm going to follow him, he's like, here's seven things for you. This, these have my mighty power in them. If you use them, you will be able to stand strong and firm. And when the battle comes, you will still be standing. You won't fall. My grandmother uh, used to say that seven was God's perfect number. She was not just a great lady, but a true uh, theologian and Bible scholar. Uh, she died actually three years ago today at almost 97 years old. And she and I would have the most amazing theological conversations. And the older she got, the deeper they became. And I think it's because she was literally talking to God all the time at that point. You know, she's like, yeah, God and I were, I'm like, Grandma. She's like, I'm like, well, maybe you are. I don't know. The veil was being lifted a little bit maybe because she was getting to that point where God was going to call her home. But we would have these amazing conversations about God and faith. And she pointed out this idea of, you know, seven what is it about that? It's not just the God's perfect number because it's this, oh, it's this little, it's not just the lucky number seven. You know, where, what, why does this exist this way? Well, because the word seven and its compounds like seven, sevens, etc., occurs a three, 490 times in the Bible. It's more than any other number that appears in the Bible. What's 490? Seven times 70. <gasps> I don't even like math, but that's cool, Right? <laughs> And the word for seven in Hebrew means to be full or satisfied to have enough of. It means it's a number of completion. 
That's why on the seventh day after creating everything, what did God do? He rested. Why? Because it was done. It was complete. So this number is complete. That means there is nothing else that we need. Why does Paul call out seven specific things to use in our daily walk? To stand strong and to stand firm? Because God is making clear there is nothing else that we need. We don't need gimmicks or self-help books. You don't need extra revelations from somebody who said, well, God told me we need to do this. Mm -mm -mm. If it's not in the Bible, I don't believe you. We don't need someone on TV to say, well, here's what you should do. We don't even need... We don't even need all the things that we think we have to have as Christians. We have to have God's word. We have to have the righteousness that's imparted to us. We have to have the peace of the good news of the gospel. We have to have our faith. We have to have our salvation. We have to have God's word and we have to have prayer. Those are the seven essentials for us to be able to go out and do battle and live the life that God has called us to do. Seven means it's enough of, and there are seven pieces of armor and that's enough. Nothing else is needed. These things are enough to protect you and me and everyone we love from the deepest, most vile attacks the enemy can throw at us. They are enough to support you when you hit a crisis. They are enough to strengthen you when you need to support someone else who is in a crisis. They are enough to protect you from every worry and doubt and fear. When the world lies, remember the truth. When the enemy says, you are not good enough, remember the righteousness that is given to you by Jesus Christ. When the turmoil of the world overwhelms you, find peace in the good news. Jesus came to save the world, to save you, and he says, if you follow me, you will have life like nobody else, and when it's all said and done, you're going to come party with me and my Father up in heaven. The world's in turmoil? Okay, but that's okay. I know what happens in the end, and I know where I'm going. That's fine. When worry attacks you, then you need to know in your knower, like we talked about last time, that your faith is real and you can believe it. When you feel unloved, remember that Jesus died for you. Your salvation is a sign that you are loved far more than anyone has ever loved another person. And if there was only one person on this earth who sinned, Jesus would still have come to this planet to die for them and bring them to heaven with him. He loves you that much. He loves you that much. The fact that he loves me that much blows my mind. I am loved that much? Yes, the whole story of the Bible is a story of love. When you aren't sure where to turn for answers, open your Bible and read God's word. When you get up in the morning, when you sit at your desk or go about your job, when you drink your latte... When you lie down at night, on every occasion, what does Paul say? He says we should pray. But how do we do that? How do we pray this way? All the time, like Paul says, and just do it. Just do it. Prayer isn't a weird mystical thing. And Pastor Carl talked about this last week. It's a conversation between you and God with Jesus right there, making sure everything we say goes straight to the Father for us. We don't have to make it weird or awkward. I mean, imagine you're sitting in a room with your best friend. You're sitting in a room, and he says to you, uh, or, or she says to you, uh, hey, how are you today? And you kind of look at him, and then you say something like, oh, oh, you, my best friend, person who has known me for my en entire life. Oh, these many years thou hast knowneth me, friend. 
Oh, wait a second. I can't look at you. I tell you now of the things that are on my heart that I may yield my words to thee. What is your friend going to do? What the heck are you doing? Your friend's like, you know, hello, just talk to me. Can you just have a conversation with me? Because if we want prayer, which is the final part of the armor and the thing we are supposed to use at all times and on every single occasion to not feel weird, the best way to do is just start talking to God. Talk to Him, speak to Him, reach out to Him, be honest with Him, tell Him about the trouble with your kids. God, my kids suck. Sorry, kids, sometimes you do. Two of them are here with me today. I love you guys, you're so awesome. God, I'm having a hard time with them today. Tell them about how amazing that sunset is. Have you ever seen a beautiful sunrise this morning? I walked down, I'm like, God, thank you. I'm sure my neighbors think I'm crazy because I don't just like think it. I'm like, God, thank you for the sunrise. And I'm new, new in the neighborhood. So I'm like, oh, the new guy's crazy. That's awesome. That's fantastic. We're calling the police on this guy. Um, tell him you're concerned about your friend's health. Tell him why you're so thankful that he is in your life. Just have a conversation. Just talk to him. There's a song in the, in the musical, um, Bye Bye Birdie, that actually says that, talk to me, baby, won't you talk to me? That's what God is saying to you. He may not say baby, but he's still saying, talk to me. Come on, won't you talk to me? Why do you wait till you're in crisis to have a conversation with me? I'm here every day. Do you want to live a life like no other person? Then pick up the seven pieces of armor we've been t- talking about, put them on, and use them. When do we use them? All the time. Okay. We're not quite done. We're almost done. You guys have been amazing. You're listening. You're hanging in there. <laughs> but Paul wraps up the, the words here in Ephesians, this chapter, all about the armor of God with this. It's a special request he sends directly to them. And pray for me too, Paul says, and ask God to give me the right words so I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for Jews and Gentiles alike. I am in chains now, still preaching this message as God's ambassador. So pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. Actually, that kind of gave me goosebumps. How cool is that? Paul reaches out and says, hey guys, here's how you're equipped. Here's what you're supposed to do. Pray all the time. And while you're doing that, could you just pray for me? I am really wanting to make sure the world understands how amazing this good news is. After reminding the people in Ephesus to do all of this, he asks them to pray specifically for him. He asks them to ask God to what? To give him the right words. Paul says a sentence later that he's in chains. He's in prison when he writes this. He doesn't ask them, hey guys, I have a request. Can you pray for a better prison system for me, please? My guard has really bad breath. Can you pray that I get a better guard? Can you pray that the food would be better? Because right now it's bread and water and I really would like something kosher. He doesn't say any of these things. He doesn't care about his comfort. Paul's request in the middle of prison is, can you pray that I will speak boldly about God? As you wrap up this series, I... I, And without Pastor Ricardo here, I would like you to indulge me for just a moment. Like I said earlier, I'm not going to do anything weird. You're like, sure, you are Pastor Dwayne. Sure, okay, we've seen you. We know what you do. Uh, But (laughs) in this moment when it's just us here, 
I would like to ask something of you. We've spent this time studying this armor and all it does and all that it can do. We understand that there are these seven perfect, incredible tools that are exactly all we need. We don't need anything else to be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. So I'd like to ask if you will join me in something this morning. Because when I see these last verses, I don't see them right now coming from the Apostle Paul. I mean, I know he wrote them. I know that this is what's in the Bible and Paul said it and it's scripture. So yes, but in this moment, what if we just put these words in someone else's mouth? What if you were sitting at home later today, watching whatever sports TV you are watching, and suddenly you got a text message. You pull out your phone, and it's a message you don't expect. You don't expect it because he's up in Washington preaching this weekend. It's a message from Pastor Ricardo. And in the message, message he says, hey, I know Pastor Dwayne wrapped up our sermon series today. I know we talked about using the armor every day. When you talk to God and get used to praying all the time on every occasion, would you just pray for me too? You text him back, who are you and how did you get this number? (laughs) No, I'm joking. (laughs) That would be so horrible. If Pastor Ricardo ever texts you, do not text him back. He's going to blame me for that one. But if he does text, you're not going to say, no, no, Pastor. You're going to say, of course, yes, I'm happy to. And then you see the little blue dots because you know he's typing something else. You're like, what's he going to say? What's coming, right? Those are the most exciting moments when you get that blue dot message. What's it going to be? He says, thank you. He says, would you please pray that God would give me the right words so I can boldly explain God's amazing gift and the good news to you and your family and your neighbors and to the city of Ventura? Would you pray that I will keep on doing this even when I get tired and weary and sometimes feel like giving up? What do you say to that message? Because honestly, he will probably never ask this of you. Most pastors do not say to the congregations, hey, guess what? I had a really crappy week. I'm struggling right now. Would you just pray for me? Because with, with, with our pastors, we tend to say, look at you. Look how great you are. You're doing so great. God, is, oh, you just exude God's love. And yeah, they do. But guess what? Jesus got exhausted. He got tired. He had to get away from the crowd and be reno, uh, revitalized. And Pastor Ricardo may never ask that. He may never stand up here on this platform and say, please pray for me to be strong in God's mighty power. Pray that I know how to share the good news so you are encouraged and strengthened and that the words I preach will help each of you grow in your faith and grow closer to him. He may never say that. So today, when he's not here, I'm going to do it for him. As we wrap up this series, I'd like to end as Paul does, asking for prayer. And if it's okay with you, I'd like to do it in two ways. But before we do that, I need you all to stand up with me please, if you don't mind. If you can, if you can't stand up, then keep sitting down. I don't, I'm not going to ask you to like get up and down, so just whatever you can do. But right now, wherever you are, whether you're joining us here, whether you're online, whether you're watching it later, will you just te- take the next quiet moment or two and pray for Pastor Ricardo? Pray that God will continue to give him the right word so he can boldly speak the good news. I have been in Christian ministry since I was a child. My grandfather was a pastor. My parents were missionaries. I swear to God, I would never become a pastor. Ta-da! Like Jonah, never tell God what, he, what your plan is going to be because he's got a better plan for you. I've worked at a couple churches. I will be honest with you. I have never worked with a more godly man, a more caring man, a more compassionate man, a man who cares so much about people 
that he would sacrifice so much of himself for them. As a pastor, the greatest privilege I've ever had in ministry is working underneath his leadership. I love him like I love my dad. He has helped me through so many hard times in my life and in my marriage, and I know if he did it for me, he will do it for every single person in this room to the sacrifice of his own life, his own family, his own desires and wants. Why? Because he loves Jesus that much. So today, I would like to take a couple moments and just wherever you are, whatever you want to say, pray that God will continue to give him the words, to continue to have him speak boldly about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Pray that when he feels down or discouraged, that God will strengthen him and help him and Karen both continue keeping on, standing firm, and boldly leading this church. I'll start us off. Then right where you are, let's pray. For Pastor Ricardo, for Karen, let's pray. God, thank you so much for this series of learning what it means to fight, to know that we're fully equipped with everything we need, but God, that you say prayer is the greatest tool, the greatest thing in our 